Hello, and welcome to the Todd and Taylor Show. I am Todd A. Taylor Trask. And how are you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. It's, uh, you know, summer's almost over. School's almost here. School. <laughs> Fall's yeah. in the air. At least here in Denver, it's in the air. It's been remarkably cool the last week or so. It's it's kind of like, oh, don't don't change, don't. You know, it's, I always compare seasons changing to uh, kids visit. You know, basically kids changing out uh, dorm rooms at college, right? So like, you know, you're, there's always that day. You know, like you know, summer's still hanging out in the room, but there's that day that fall comes in to like you know check out the room and you know show her parents the school and everything. She's like, I'll be back, I'll be back in two weeks. You know, and if this looks great, I can't wait to move in. And summer's like, that's great, yeah, you can move in. You know, I'll be out of here soon, and you know, I'll leave a couple things around, but they'll be all yours in two weeks. And there's a nice even handover, you know. When uh, when I lived in Nashville, that handover was not not good if you recall i mean you, you still are there from time to time anyway because your parents live there but if you recall summer it, it's not like you know like the the hip you know hip kid in college summer's like this old fat homeless drunken whatever you want to call it who won't leave the room when it when asked to and it takes the it actually takes the campus police coming in <clears throat> yeah. physically removing them from the room and then fall has to spend a month for breezing the goddamn place just to get Ooh. comfortable to move in and by the time she's moved in winter's already like hey i'll be coming in in two weeks and falls like but i just i just got it to how i like it okay i guess so it's it's nice to be in a place all that that, that big rambling analogy or metaphor aside <laughs> it's I nice to where, be- <laughs> i didn't know where you were initially going with this uh a detailed anthropomorphized <laughs> version of the seasons but everything everything I like where it ended up a- I, I give I give everything in my uh, in my metaphor library a, a name and a face and a physicality. So even my cats are people, you know. But you're that is totally correct. Uh, uh, yeah, Nashville has this discuss. There's always like a week or so in Nashville where you're like, this isn't so bad. And then, and I re- see. I think of it as like from school days uh, when I went to prep school, and I would have to put on my khakis and my like, you know. Uh, uh, loafers or something and go to school and not that I was necessarily in a long sleeve shirt, but I was in uncomfortable clothes mm-hmm. and it would, you know, and it's like September, October, and it would be steamy and gross and like 85, but like a wet 85. It was so disgusting. And, you know, I'm like all miserable in these uncomfortable clothes. I, that's what I was associate with Nashville. Po- the early post summer. Uh, yeah. When you yeah. walk into a Walmart or JC Penney's in that in those conditions, and it's like you know, there's no shorts or t-shirts. It's like here's a wool sweater, and here's right. like a, a, a hoodie, like all these things. That you're like, I don't need any of this right now. Do you have a t-shirt? Oh no, we don't sell those. It's not until summer again. Yeah, so, that's so funny. That was what always threw me off in Nashville. Like, why are you selling winter clothes? It's still eighty. <laughs> eight degrees outside yeah, uh, yeah but it's like nope that's just when old navy ships them out so <laughs> it's when we stock them here at old navy well, they don't uh, care one way or the other but this is not about this is not about national summers this is about tech technology we're gonna do an episode where you and i just i guess we had a lot of a lot of news and maybe some grievances and things that we wanted to oh, yeah. get out this there. Is and airing of grievances. <laughs> it's Tech Festivus here on the Todd and Taylor Show, and we will be doing Tech-tivist. the airing of grievances. Tech, ooh, ooh, there we, ooh, copyright Todd and Taylor. Oh my god. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we. This is also uh, the one of the other motivations for this episode is uh, classic, classic Todd A motivation, which is I really want to write something. Uh, to express my thoughts. Uh, I can't find the time to write it 
then I do find the time to decide I'm too lazy to write it. And I say to Taylor, why don't we just do a podcast on it? <laughs> because then I can literally make three bullet points and we can just talk for an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, which is way, way easier than the multi-article uh, airing of grievances that I was planning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's just jump on in. What's, yeah, what's, will, what's on your shit list this week? I, I'll say th this was my concept, which I may still flesh out. It All was, right. uh, I was going to write an article called, uh, Apple sucks and it's all Apple's fault. And then I would follow that up with another article about why Android sucks. Okay. Although it might not be Android's fault. So I'll just start with the <laughs> Apple, why Apple. Well, wait, 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 before you jump in, because I can already hear, all the little Apple fanboys out there going, well, you just don't, you're a Windows guy. Like you own oh, a we'll MacBook. We'll get into it. We'll get into you, it. But you own Apple products. Like you have, it's not like you have been, you're not like some, you know, Bill Gates, you know, devotee who's like, who's always naysayed Apple. I am, I am the anti, anti Windows person. Yeah, I don't. So yeah. You're, you're a true believer who has lost his faith. Oh, I was never a true believer in Apple, oh, okay. but um, I am as in all things an agnostic Ah. <laughs> um, and I wish that the platforms out there allowed for people of my lack of faith. I see. Um, All right. <laughs> well, so, but the Apple story is great for us to discuss because here's what happened. I, uh, we record these podcasts and uh, edit them on um, several different products, actually, but uh, largely Apple products is what mm -hmm. I at least edit on. Um, and uh, often... I have relied on a tool that Apple created called GarageBand, which, you know, uh, recording purists will tell you is kind of a joke. Um, All the kids are using <laughs> GarageBand these days. But, but the thing is, GarageBand is dead easy to use, and that's mm -hmm. what matters in a product, not, uh, you know, not the the complex uh, DAW, the Digital Audio Workstation, of a lot of these other things. You know, GarageBand just it's it's plain and simple and it's easy to work and until a good competitor comes up against that that's kind of what i use because it's easy it's and it's weird that windows nothing on windows except for audacity which isn't really i mean audacity still sort of is i like audacity i default I like to audacity if i uh if i if i can't use GarageBand. i mean i like it too but it, it audacity has kind of flown under the radar it seems like like they've never really professionalized the product or the ui I mean, well it's open source yeah, but and you still have to download like the lame MP3 and you know encoder to export an MP3 from a separate thing. I still like it nonetheless, but it's just weird to me that with all these years of GarageBand, no one on the Windows platform, with maybe, maybe SQL, uh, maybe. May <laughs> well, I hear really, really great things about. Uh, I believe it's called Reaper, mm -hmm. um, which is not exactly. Uh, open source but what but they have a licensing system um as far as i understand based on sort of the honor system of like if you're an artist that uh you know doesn't make any money in royalties well it's free to use mm -hmm. and you know but once you once you can kind of afford it they they say please you know please buy the commercial license so i just mm -hmm. looked it up it's 60 bucks for the discounted license 225 for the commercial um and you can use the discounted license if you're an individual, blah, blah, blah. But Reaper is kind of extensible in the way that Audacity is. Like there's a bunch of plugins and stuff. And there are there are for GarageBand too. Um, I've checked it out. It was just not as easy for me to jump into as mm -hmm. GarageBand. Because the other thing is like, and even though I've recorded a lot of music in GarageBand, when you and I are doing podcasts, it is dead simple. We're talking one to four tracks. 
-hmm. you know, there's, there's, uh, there's EQing, there's some slight effects and sometimes there's a soundtrack and that's about it. But we're not talking like multi-instrumental, you know, uh, songs where where all these things have to have different levels and effects and stuff like that. So the simpler, the better. So audacity or garage band is where I'm at. So let me catch you up. So then I decide, well, I'm, I was hitting a couple of walls on, um, hardware and my MacBook is uh, five plus years old and it's uh, you know heavy in that way that like a five-year-old laptop is and and it's a little slow it's even though it's I it's pretty specked out but it's it's slow um, and I thought hey maybe I just get an iPad and I know they come with GarageBand now they've gotten mm-hmm. you know iOS GarageBand mm-hmm. um, I can edit. Plus, I was taking a trip this few weeks ago, and I thought I'll get it right before my trip. I, I, you know, I'll get on the plane. I'll plug the headphones in. I'll be able to edit our podcast from that week. Um, I can go into our old podcast and chop them up. It's all going to be at my fingertips. Going to be beautiful. I shop. I have a a, a, a very opinionated Apple uh, fanboy friend who is extremely knowledgeable about all of this stuff. Mm. Um, he had just bought an iPad Pro. He goes over all the ins and outs of it with me. Um, I talked to you know a, a rep at the Apple Store for like 30 minutes or more. You know, I'm like totally taking up this guy's time to make sure I'm getting the right iPad. Make, I have everybody, of course, that I've talked to at an Apple Store knows why I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. Editing audio. I want mm-hmm. a portable audio workstation. That's mm-hmm. what I want. I <clears throat> then so when I decided to buy it, I did. I didn't go back to the same Apple Store. So I talked oh, to another guy. Boo. I tell that I know. <laughs> they were far away. Like, Thanks, and I, but I'm gonna go over here. <laughs> so I tell that guy. To say, but my point being, I've now told like two or three Apple Store employees it's all for podcasting. You okay. know. So I get the uh, first of all, they let me walk out with the, the guy gets me the wrong memory. I have to like get to my car or notice I've got 16 gigs, not 64. Wait, I have to so walk wait, it back what, in. what did you? What did you want? What did you intend to purchase and and did purchase? I purchased an iPad Air 2 with 64 gigs. Okay. Um, mostly the reasons being that the difference between that and the Pro, uh, uh, I, you know, I'm going to do a bad job of enumerating them right now. But the big selling points of the of the iPad Pro are that screen that has this amazing color solution to it, has mm-hmm. a better camera, and it'll use the Apple Pencil. And it was kind of like every salesman that went through these bullet points with me, I was like, dude. <laughs> I need I need GarageBand, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to use Google Docs. You know that's like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so they all kind of like went yeah just get the you know get the nine inch iPad Air and uh, you'll be fine. So I walk out with that, um, and I expected pro you know that apps on it or programs as I'm used to calling them uh, would be different, you know in user interface and and operation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I begin my first test with iMovie, which is definitely different, definitely limited on the iPad, but I chop up some video with it, um, add a couple of little effects, add some titles, and I decide, like, you know what? I can live with this. This this does what I need it to do. It doesn't do a whole lot more than that, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was kind of bummed that it only outputs 720 HD at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, it will not output A1080, uh, at least, uh, you know what? Maybe I had a flawed experiment because I was going from a video shot by a guy on an app iPad that would only <laughs> go uh, 720. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. anyway, it didn't look to me like there was any option above that. I, 
you know, I can be, I could be wrong on that. I, I admit. So later in the evening, I decide, okay, well now I'm going to pull down uh, our latest uh, episode of um, Todd and Taylor show, uh, and I'm going to edit it. So I go to my um, where you know my cloud solution where I <laughs> have the the raw files of this, which Apple. And what what is your cloud solution, by the way, for the folks at home who are thinking they may want to get into the same same business? We we have a couple, but uh, um, this this happened to be on Dropbox. Dropbox, uh, okay. Which is, I guess, important to know because I had so I put the Dropbox app on the iPad, I open it up, um, and I go to the correct folder and I see the GarageBand file that you and I had created, which is you know whatever episode dot band. That is the extension that GarageBand gives to projects. Dot band. Okay. Okay. Now I know from previous experience that a dot band fi uh, uh, extension is not actually a single file. That's a weird way that Apple puts an extension on something, but it's a it's a quote like a project, and mm -hmm. so it's actually a folder. Now if you're looking at it on like Mac OS uh, or or even iOS, you're just going to see dot band, mm -hmm. but there's a way to get into that as a folder and see all the individual files. Um, I didn't care about that. I just thought, well, I'm just going to download the dot band, drop it in GarageBand. So that's when I start hitting these problems with the iOS. So you can't just, uh, um, I, I couldn't just like download it because there's no file management on uh, the iPad to go find it in a folder and then tell it to open with GarageBand. You know, I have to go through some convoluted um, process to to get it to open with, you know, to make it available offline, wait for it to download within the Dropbox app so that it is available offline and then do an Jeez. open with and then choose GarageBand to open with. <clears throat> and, and this is all because, and by the way, this is all because iOS does not have a native desktop of any kind. You can't just take a file and put it on your desktop and open it with another program. You got to get it from one app to another app. And sometimes there's a third app that's like the intermediary that like, you know, simply exist to let you get it from one app to another app. It's it's right. kind of it's kind of absurd. Yeah, and it it demonstrates the how easy it is to hit the limits of Apple's closed system. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and so I, I so I get the file. It it won't open in GarageBand, and it tells me that the file is either corrupt or um or, or something else about it. And so, you know, I try another file. I go, okay, well, maybe that was because it was this huge podcast and it's, mm -hmm. you know, uh, hundreds of megabytes large or whatever. And um, so I find a tiny song that I've recorded. Like I had recorded this instrumental, like 30 second, uh, just, you know, an interstitial music for something. And I, mm -hmm. so I download that. It's very tiny. I do the whole offline process, blah, blah, blah. I open it up in GarageBand. Doesn't work. Tells me it's corrupt. Hmm. And so I'm like, huh. So now, you know, my antenna are up <laughs> and I start looking for a solution to this and it turns out and I don't even know, like the way I put it to my friend Boris, the, uh, the iPad expert and the Apple expert um, was that this is some real Microsoft level shit that Apple has pulled. <laughs> check, check this out. Despite the fact that a program called GarageBand exists on macOS and exists on iOS. This is not the same program, and the files are not compatible with each other. That blows my mind. And to get even like more ridiculous, 
as far as I understand, and I, the iOS GarageBand will make a file dot band. So <laughs> when I start looking up solutions to this, I find tons of solutions from people recording on the iPad and then going through a little export weird solution to get it to open on Mac OS X. And I'm thinking, well, that's crazy. I would rather have the greater uh, processing power of the of the you know at least like desktop laptop Mac yeah, OS X on the recording side. Well, it's the editing side that's important to me, and and that seems like it should just translate to iPad. And Apple will look at that and go, oh no 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 no, we we built this so that our community of developers and app makers can provide a great ecosystem for you. We we just get out of the way. Well, I, I, and it I mean. It's such a convoluted process, but it's it, it's a closed system within a closed system. <laughs> and then, so like so exception. then, which level are we on? So we you know, get be, to limbo, right? Because anything. <laughs> because I definitely felt incepted that weekend. <laughs> because GarageBand files are dot banned, like the project. Uh, so I can't just you know have a garage. I can't I can't I can't go to our our Todd and Taylor folder, go to episode number six, and just. Uh, and you know, tell Audacity to open it because Audacity doesn't know what a dot band file is, you know. So, but um, uh, I can go through a weird little process on a Mac to to turn that dot band into a readable folder. Like, there's mm -hmm. kind of a little workaround thing you can do, and then all of a sudden you're you're looking at a normal folder tree, and there are all your um, AIF files. Uh, for each track that you've recorded, and you just drag those into Audacity, and you can you know mix them as you want. Mm -hmm. But um, so on the iPad though, I have no way to do that because there's no workaround. There's just an and there's Dropbox app and GarageBand app, and I can't open up uh, you know the dot band at all in in Dropbox. And every workaround that um, and my friend Boris looked up ended with, well, you're you're going to have to do this part on a computer. <laughs> And then, and then you move it to the iPad, and I was like, well, if I have to do any of it on the computer, I don't need the iPad. Because if, you know, if I'm getting on a plane in three days and I want to edit on the plane on this four-hour trip or whatever, why, why would I bring – I can't imagine bring a laptop, open up the file, and put it on a USB stick or something, plug it into the dongle on the iPad. This is the dumbest workflow ever, you know, like, oh, my God, I just, <laughs> just use that laptop. So uh, – I, this is just a very long, uh, frustrating rant about how that won't open. And then to prove how stupid it is, I, on my Android device, go to my Dropbox app, see the .band file there, and just tap on it, and it just opens like a folder. And it shows me everything in it, all the AIFs. On my Android, I can just download those AIFs uh, yeah. individually, you know? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. So there are problems with with Android uh, DAWs with the DAWs, like digital oh. audio workstations. Uh, there's a latency kind of issue with Android where the devices don't run as fast as the app is going to run or vice versa. Um, but I did I did find one app whose name I, I should have recorded and I, I didn't find it. But basically, I kind of proved to myself, well, if I'm going to go through all this trouble, I might as well just stick with Android. Uh, my default is like always just go to the most open source, <laughs> you know, yeah. option available. And uh, and Boris gave me like you know several different options on workflow with the iPad, but it all came down to you can't use the files you've already recorded, which yeah. is totally stupid. I mean, now I can sit down on my Mac and turn all those .band projects into readable folders, mm -hmm. then put them on Dropbox, 
then download them, you know, on the iPad, use a different DAW to edit them. But it's like at that point, they've already lost. And it just say, well, every time you say Boris, by the way, I'm thinking Boris Delugash, the EDM uh, artist DJ. Oh, I'm <laughs> glad you said that. That's that is not the typical uh, Boris that people associate. I'm because uh, like name. I'm like Boris Dugash, like like and if anyone would know audio, it would be it would be Dor- Boris Dugash. So yeah, I always think of Alan Cummings' character in Goldeneye. Oh, ooh. wasn't his name Boris? I am invincible. That guy. Yeah. Um, that was my first exposure to Alan Cumming. Oh my god. <laughs> um, <laughs> He's exposed. We, we thought we had such a different impression of that actor. Um, <laughs> then, then it turned out, you know, uh, uh, he would—he would, the man he would become. Yeah, um, he really in that in Goldeneye, he really—that was—he was playing against type the entire. Like, I never would have known that that would be the same guy who was the MC in Cabaret or in any of these other right you know, these are things he's been. And that's so crazy. I need to go back and rewatch that just to see Alan coming or Nightcrawler. <laughs> Nightcrawler, yeah, of course, of course. Um, yeah, so uh, the I felt the frustration in that weekend that like I have only hit that that frustration wall with Apple, and that closed. I mean, it was like I wanted to. If I would have, I would have run out and bought like an Ubuntu tablet immediately if such a thing were in you know a store nearby like i just wanted to reject <laughs> apple entirely like yeah. it, was, it was so aggravating well, um, now, remind me you've had a nexus what tablet of some kind yeah like, i um yeah i prior to this whole experience you've had a yeah so i'll just put the uh, i'll put the the period on the apple sentence which is so i i bought that on a friday hit that wall friday night with the video uh, the audio editing um saturday you know barely looked up a couple of solutions returned it sunday morning like it was like before lunchtime on sunday i was in the apple store going nope so um mm-hmm. yeah re- returned that as soon as possible also i should note uh when i even just tried to record on the garage band the you know promised solution for using um my MIDI keyboard controller didn't work. And I was like, well, just get out. You know, this is, I couldn't even believe it. Like, you know, it was just like one last, you know, nail in the coffin. Like I can't even make the, I can't even just record an original thing on it because there's going to be some workaround for that. So, um, but yeah, that is my, that's my Apple story. I can get into the Android stuff or we can listen to your grievances on Apple and then we can get into Android. When I saw this in the show notes, it just kind of it was one more thing that I've been I've been talking about this for and I'm not the only one, obviously, but I've been talking for about a year now. I'm like, what is happening at Apple? Like what has what has literally happened? And I, to clarify my stance, I am also technology agnostic. I actually kind of like having something in every in every camp. So I've got an Android smartphone, I've got an iPad Air One, I've got a Windows Ooh. machine. Um, I used to love Final Cut until Apple fucked with it, and now I'm a Premiere guy. But like, I've always been open to. You know, I have an iPod too, so it's like, you know one of the original iPods and everything. So like, I've got. I'm not against them. I'm not a fanboy. I just kind of look at everything they do you know, on a case by case basis and judge it based on my need at the time, as everyone should. I think people get a little too carried away with their their techno faith and you know sort of tribalism and everything that comes along with it. It's not necessarily a healthy thing, and I think that's one reason. Apple has gotten really lazy. Um, they've been living <laughs> off the, the fumes of the iPhone for so long now, they just haven't 
really innovated anything new. Let's go down the list. I mean, there's it's a long <laughs> list. I'll pick, I'll cherry pick some of the, the biggest ones. Um, you know, they they didn't de- develop a streaming service in time. Beats created one. They buy Beats. I thought at first for just the headphone side of things, just the retail part of it, but apparently they wanted that streaming engine, but apparently not because then they went and spent four or five months rebuilding it from scratch so that the Apple Music app they launched looks literally nothing like the Beats Music app that was already fine and looked great and had you know beautiful functionality. It's like Apple literally made it uglier. Like when it was the, I mean, Apple made something uglier that they acquired. It's like, What? Um, on top of that, iTunes is still a bloated nightmare um, that they have never fixed. They've never bothered to. They've never bothered to, to do the. Fi- you know, as much as I deride Facebook for splitting message, messages off and trying to you know, do the Messenger app and trying to do the you know the Pages app and the advertising app and all these things, I kind of realize like like Apple should have done that with iTunes seven years ago. They should have taken the apps part of it and just called it Apple Apps. It's an it's its own program on your computer. It just does that. Music is its own thing. Like they could have easily segmented these things out, building towards a future where Apple Music would be its own standalone streaming thing. It's not part of iTunes anymore. Like iTunes doesn't exist. It shouldn't exist anymore. It should be all these different things. So there's that. I'd say more damning than that, though, or any of those things, is the fact that they haven't put out uh, any kind of TV experience. Yeah, I mean, other than the TV box, which is just basically a packet a packet of apps in a you know, pretty little box but they also haven't done anything anything in vr and vr is going to be we talked about it on the portland podcast vr is going to be huge it already is it's big now but it's going to be massive it will be one of these three mainstream technologies of the next 10 to 15 years and apple hasn't done anything and you could argue well yeah but they weren't the first to you know they didn't build the ipod right away they sat and waited and watched the rio uh was the diamond rio um, and all the, you know, creative Zen and all that stuff come out. And then they made the iPod and, you know, fair enough, but they are now, it's, and that was back before, you know, no one really expected anything out of Apple back in 2000, 2001. So it was, you know, they could kind of sit in the shadows and plot and, and kind of come up with a great device. Same thing with the phone. Like, you know, all these phones were out for the longest time and then they're like iPhone. I think now they well. I mean, you know, I, I, I to you know, I, we got to give them a lot of credit for the iPhone. I mean. Oh no, I do, I do. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying like they, they, we weren't. I mean, we kind of were, but we weren't totally looking at them just yet to go. You know, you guys need to solve this problem. You know, it's kind of like, and here's the iPhone. It's like, oh, you know, we everybody kind of looked in awe and just like, wow. And but since the iPhone, everybody has looked at Apple as a company that needs to lead on innovation. They need right. to lead on developing new cool things, be on the forefront of new technologies, give us the market signals as customers, investors, you know, passers-by, whatever you think. Give us those signals that, hey, we're, we're, we're on it, we're, we're looking at something. And VR hasn't been on their radar ever, ever, ever. It's not on right. any earnings calls. It's not in any you know, presentations. Nothing. And I'm like, this, you know, what, what's Sony's going to have something next year. If not this year, uh, Microsoft's going to have something like there, I mean, Samsung's going to continue to bit, you know, make a better one. HTC's got the best one. Oculus is coming soon. All these companies, Amazon, I'm sure has, has one soon too. Nobody is, nobody at Apple is even paying attention to VR yet. So it makes me wonder what happened to this company. You know, when Steve Jobs died, everyone went, well, you know, they're all going to go down the shitter now. And I'm like, no, the company's not just one man. This is a multi-billion yeah. dollar enterprise like it's not just one man i'm beginning to think it might have been just one man that well, like his yeah 
you know, his personality alone willed it to be this kind of unnatural force of innovation and commerce that I just don't see anybody over there taking that taking that mantle now. You know. Well, and I mean, strangely, since I started the Apple rant, um, I, <laughs> I mean, Apple to me, their legacy has always been the a perfectly usable product. You know. Mm-hmm. But I, but I do think that that has hindered them in not only just looking ahead, but just looking at the present landscape. Um, and it's when you, when you were uh, listing your grievances, I re- remembered this this um, description I had read. I mean, this has got to be like I, I was like a, a, a kid, if not, or or maybe maybe possibly just a very young adult when I read this about. Uh, different design philosophies and product philosophies between um, like Sony in America and Sony in Japan. Mm-hmm. And they were, <clears throat> I just remember this weird example was, you know, in America, we get a new Walkman like every year, like here's the new Walkman for this year, buy this Walkman or Discman or whatever. But in Sony in uh, Japan at the time, they were iterating so quickly. So it was like, here's the walk the Walkman, you know, four, five, six, here's the Walkman, four, five, seven, here's the, so every couple of months they were putting out the product that just had small tweaks. Mm. And to me, that is uh, Google's approach. And mm-hmm. it frustrates so many, um, uh, it's what I would call just like normal users. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, an app may appear. You and I mentioned it in just an offline conversation the other night about Google Wave. Oh, and, uh, Wave! <laughs> you know, of course, it, <laughs> something like that may appear and then disappear. Uh, you know, or change or something. And it's you know, it is frustrating. But I what I what I see in in uh, Google, which I don't see in Apple, is um, more of that. Like maybe it's an experimental philosophy or something. Something to like keep moving because they know that whatever the physical product that is made this year, it doesn't really matter. Like the, you know, the operating system and the platform and all that is what's going to be on everybody's mind next year. And, you know, I trust that Apple's got a great roadmap and like superior designers that nothing has felt so good in my hands as that iPad did. I mean, that was Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. beautiful. But oh yeah, I mean I love mine the, too. Don't get me wrong. I love yeah. but you you look at that user experience and like there was something that had happened. Like when that iPhone came out, it took what what was a jumbled I mean like remember remember the last phone you owned before you got an iPhone or before you got a Samsung equivalent? Um or before you just touched <laughs> My it. Yeah, you're, the Razer, and I think I had that LG. It was like this LG thing that was like a, a flip phone, but you opened it up and it had like a keyboard on the inside. It was, you know, at the time it was kind of cool, but like just the 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 operating system for that thing was just a nightmare. Like you couldn't, oh, yeah. even like loading on music from your own computer onto it, you had to Which download. Which I never even did on my Razer. Oh, I tried that all the time because I'm like, I wanted one device. I wanted mm-hmm. what, what the iPhone ultimately provided. I'm like, I want one yeah. device to rule them all. And like at that time, that was kind of like the closest thing. I want to be able to onboard my music and Jesus Christ, you had to download like two, like a, a different program. And then you had to download like a, a crack for your phone that yeah. interface with that program. And then you had to like, and it was just like this big whole thing. And people at the time thought I was a crazy person because I had a DAP, a digital audio player, uh, um, which ran on a single AAA battery and had a USB to like mini USB connection. Yeah. I plugged it into any computer, windows or Apple Mm. dragged mp3s into its folder and it played them and i was like what are you kidding me this is 
the most brilliant thing I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. But it looked ugly. And the iPod existed, so people were like, "I can't, you know, that's so stupid." And I was like, "Yeah, but then I gotta have an iTunes account. I gotta move all my stuff over there." There was, I remember, there was some goofy limitation of like uh, certain file types that wouldn't translate to iTunes. And at I, the I, time, like, it was only what was it? Only MP4 or AIFF. There was some. It was some proprietary. Thing yeah, wouldn't, I don't think it would even use MP3s. That can't be right. Not but it was, originally. It didn't originally. M4As and AIFs. Wow. That yeah. was the original because that was before the big. Remember the big whole thing was, uh, you know, I think you could onload onboard your own MP3s, but then they wouldn't sell MP3s in the store because of label. You know, the labels are like, well, you need a, we need a, uh, you yeah, some privacy, a private property DRM, yeah, DRM. That's the writing. Um, and then finally, Steve Jobs is like, well, and Capital, I think, to their credit, or EMI was the first one in '09, I think, to say we're going to sell MP3s, and that was like such. Every, I remember at the time, everybody's like, oh my god, EMI's dropping DRM, and now what's really funny is you go to Spotify and like everything's DRM. It's just like the whole thing is you, nobody seems to mind or notice, um, or not DRM'd. No, Spotify, like all the files are. I don't think any of the files they're not MP3s. They're just they're just the files that you won't if you're a Spotify account. You know, if you don't pay up, those files just are worthless. Oh, um, oh yeah, their their rights are managed in that in that way, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, all, that to be, all that to be said, but here's here's the point I was making earlier. Um, you know, Apple was this company that fixed problems, that took complicated nonsense, and went here's a better, simpler way to do it. And then they kind of went. You could argue they went too far, and that's why things like Final Cut Pro got you know basically mutated into some version that no you know no professional wants to use anymore or that um you know now they're talking about removing the freaking audio jack on the iphone and it's like you're too far too far that way we don't you know <laughs> you're just looking for shit although you know there that's also that that removing of the jack is also a symptom of this problem where they just kind of they're they're sniffing their own hubris like they they have made so much money off the iphone there's not an economic imperative for them to innovate like they used to there's not a force of personality and steve jobs there to push them in new creative directions or literally scream at everybody until he got exactly what he wanted like there's not you know if you're if you're to read the stories and believe all the stories so it's like i those things aren't there and it's just depressing to see this company even though i'm not a huge fanboy it's depressing to just not see just to see them spinning their wheels, basically. And I wonder if it's not going to bite them in the ass in about five years when the i We're hitting that period now where phone companies aren't subsidizing phones anymore. You have to buy it right. basically wholesale. And let's be honest, the iPhone 6 and the iPhone you know, 7, there's not going to be a lot of difference other than the, the audio jack's missing. Like, how much faster can it be? How much cooler can it be? You know, it's like the, it's the same form factor. So, like, yeah. what else are they going to do? So, it's like, I feel like that's going to kind of cripple... Or you know, or or delay some of those those sales on the iPhone, and what is left to pick up the slack? I don't know. Well, and there's still such an incredible. I get like I get it that it's such an incredible value to the fact that I bought an iPad Air new mm. that was the model that had been released almost two years ago, mm. um, and you know there is no lack of confidence from the Apple Store employees, nor even from me, that that would run just as capably as mm-hmm. anything I bought this year. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. hey, if you want, like, the, you know, that's, you can go into an, an Apple store, 
think they still sell the iPhone five, um, but you could buy the five or the uh, you know or the six, which is now a year old. The new iPhone is actually that SE. That's uh, mm-hmm. the dimensions of the 5S, I guess. And but it's like you can buy like they've got such a solid device that mm-hmm. it's going to run the operating system. My, my mom just bought a new iPhone and I was telling her, like, look, any of these are going to update. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, it's not like it's it is not the Android problem, which we'll get into in a second. But uh, I so I love those design aspects, but it, they are contributing to the problem that they initially uh got such success by solving which mm-hmm. is they've uh, you know uh, the 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 windows problem <laughs> um used to be that these u- users were sort of stuck using it even mm-hmm. though mm-hmm. It, it it didn't do the things they wanted it to do and apple when they were reinvigorated with you know jobs coming back to them um, when they you know hired him back on and he had that big revolution in the uh the ibooks and and imacs and all that like that uh, gave people a usable device where they were no longer sort of trapped, you know, in the system that they didn't like. And now Apple's built that system that they're trapped into because yeah, yeah. if you've been an iPhone, iPad, iOS user for the past six years or something, you are really going to hate switching to something else. Yeah. But I bet it's I bet it's easier. Well, maybe not in my case because I just tried to do it, which was <laughs> jump into the ecosystem. I don't know. I just think it's well, like, like I said, it was a closed loop within a closed loop. Like they've made see. a program that won't even isn't even compatible with another program they made with the yeah. same name. Like that is so philosophically perfect of the problem with Apple that I was like, I, yeah. I can't even be a part of this inception that's happening on my device, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, let's talk about, let's talk about compatibility with other OSs because let's be honest, the newest version of Android by all intents and purposes is more, is basically iOS with some extra features. It's the same app grid. It's the same, you know, you can, you, you can double press your home button on your, on your galaxy S five or whatever it is and clear your apps. The only difference is that you get to have fully functioning widgets on your phone, which I actually like a lot. Um, and there's some well, other sort of, uh, you know, there's some other apps that run, like there's some cash clearing apps and things that kind of do a better job of, of getting rid of the cruft on your device um, than iOS. I know iOS, just some of those apps build up their uh, documents and cache, and there's no way to get rid of it without deleting the app and reinstalling the app. So this, you know, on the Android, you can download a bunch of apps that just clear the cache, but keep the app. Um, or keep your your spot in line if you were playing a game or something. So I I appreciate that. But like when you're thinking about if you're somebody who's like I just I've been using iOS for five years. I don't know if I can switch. I think you could if you picked up a, the newest Samsung phone. I think you could very easily switch. Um, unless you're one of those people that like gave your soul to Apple contacts and all these proprietary things <laughs> that aren't available. On, and then you have to start from scratch. And then you know, God be with you. But like I think there's. I don't think there's a the, the hurdle for adapt. I think there's a hurdle going from OS to Windows 10, um, but there's I think on the mobile side of things it's pretty comparable. Well, I, I would take exception to any description of Android as like almost iOS like, you know. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I I would be really hard pressed to to uh, you know delineate why I think that it's just that's just me as an Android fanboy saying. 
No, it's of course it's not like my hated arch rival <laughs> iOS. Oh, um, you're going from that perspective. I thought you were going to say, well, no, no, iOS is clearly superior in every way. Like I didn't realize. No, no, no. Go I definitely think Android uh, is is superior mobile-wise. And what what I think is so interesting, and this has happened several times to me over the past few weeks, is that an Apple user will will tell me something like, "Oh, yeah, but I mean, on Apple, when you buy a new device, you just you know, you just log in and, and it, you know, all your contacts and apps are there. And I'm like, yeah, the same thing happens on Android. Yeah. <laughs> and in yeah. fact, Androids were updating their OS over the air before iPhones ever were. Yeah, like, that's a is, great point. This, there are Apple users who are kind of trapped in this and not the smart people, you know, <laughs> you know who you are, our listeners, you're the smart ones. Uh, obviously there, uh, but I'm just saying there's a there's a whole swath of users who think that the that the experience on an Android is somehow like dumber and not as competitive, uh, so that you know they'll just kind of speak to you like that you know like well I mean on an on an Apple uh, you can uh, work offline or whatever and you're like yeah I know Jesus <laughs> you can like, work offline I mean what do you think Apple Androids the, are like this Apple is not devices never get viruses either so that's what I've been told <laughs> it's like, yeah so. They never get hacked so either. I, I put all my naked pictures on iCloud, and I've never been hacked. And <laughs> Jennifer Lawrence was just unlucky. So the the big the the biggest problem for Android, you know, like so if Apple has has created their own problem, like if Apple has become the problem they were invented to solve, mm -hmm. uh, Android is becoming the problem that we all already knew about from windows yeah, which is yeah. when you allow all these people uh any manufacturer to use your operating system mm -hmm. um I, you're they're just making shitware non-stop <laughs> and calling yep. them android devices yep. and I have heard, although I've not, I, granted, I haven't tried to do the research on this, but I've never run across it. I run a, I read a shit ton of stuff about uh, mobile operating systems and Android, and specific, uh, you know, specifically. I have never heard Google say, "Oh yeah, we want OEMs to make their change to make their own changes to Android." I've never heard Google say they want people to customize. I thought, I thought Google in the last year was actually moving in the opposite direction. That's saying, what no, I. No. That's we're, what I've heard several times, gonna, which is we've got to lock this down because you keep screwing it up. That and they were doing it kind of in a phase you know, because of contracts and stuff. They were doing it in a phase sort of position. But yeah. like once HTC's Android licensee contract ended, they would have to play ball with the actual version of Android. Like it can't be like, you know, half marshmallow, half whatever we want it to be. Because well, you, look at, you look at an HTC phone and you look at a Samsung phone, and yeah, totally it'd, be, different. it'd be Android, but like the way the apps execute, the way the dialer looks, like everything would be different. And you're like, now which, what, what do you use? I currently have a Samsung S5. Um, I'm actually due okay. for a renewal, but it works so well, I really don't see the need to buy a phone right now. Like it's, see, still, it's rock solid. Samsung's one of those, uh, I, I would not have the problem I have <clears throat> if the manufacturer who altered Android renamed it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... <laughs> like Amazon does. Amazon basically took Android 
Well, like Android does. I mean, Google didn't call it like, hey, it's Linux mobile. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they, named, they named it Android, you know, they, they named uh, uh, the, <laughs> the, mobile. the computer I'm using to talk to you. They, they call it is a Chrome OS. They didn't call it like Ubuntu Lite or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, no, this is, you know, they they forked it and renamed it. Now, if Samsung made the Samsung OS based on Android, I would have no problems with it. I'd mm. be like, good on you, Samsung. Uh, there's a device manufacturer called OnePlus. I think that's the one that ha- they make an an OS called Oxygen OS. And what Ooh. frustrates the shit out of me about that is that they get reviewed as if it's an. It is based on Android, but they get reviewed by all the like Android Authority and Fandroid and stuff like that, and they all call it an Android phone. I'm like, it's not a goddamn Android phone. Wow. I mean, the only Oxygen. true Android phone is the Nexus. So, so that is the and. To, and and I yeah it is and and uh, I I'll, I can definitely talk about Nexus all day but I'll say that the the major problem here is that uh, and I granted Android is not totally open source I get it mm-hmm. I'd only nerd hate mail on like why it's not actually open source and I can't root it and all that kind of stuff blah 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 and, and but, iOS isn't either so let's not you know let's just keep but. Things. The spirit of Android in that uh, any mobile manufacturer can use it to power their device is open. Now, those manufacturers, this is where my problem is, they are not open in return. If you buy a Samsung phone, if you spend $850 on the new Samsung, whatever the hell it is, the Mm -hmm. Note or whatever, the S7 or something, you can't uninstall the Facebook app. You can only disable it. You can uh, well you and, can if you if you root your phone. Well, I mean, but come on. Like so Samsung has a common person. Yeah. Samsung has made changes to the operating system that where they have said we're going we've struck a deal with Facebook to include their apps on our phone. So we we will disable the feature that lets you uh, totally uninstall it. So uh that is what frustrates me. If you're going in the spirit of open source, if you're going to if you're going to take some uh, operating system someone else built, then you need to the thing you build with that needs to be open source as well, and you need to allow your users to to remove uh, features and apps that they don't want. In fact, I think any Android phone should be able to say totally uninstall this Samsung UI, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and just wipe it to to blank, you know, plain. Uh, vanilla Android, another term that's driving me crazy because I've now noticed that manufacturers are often using vanilla Android to mean artificially vanilla Android. Yeah. <laughs> like they're like, it's yeah, I mean, you know, it's got some flavors in it. You can't uninstall this shitty app that we put on it, but it's vanilla Android. You know, um, one of my biggest one of my biggest pet peeves was when I got the it was the Motorola, it was like five, six years ago. It was one, one of, of the, the Motorola phones. Yeah, it was the Droid X, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had the Blockbuster app, like hardwired oh, in to where I couldn't, yeah. and I couldn't even, uh, I tried rooting my phone and that wouldn't even get rid of it. Like I rooted my, I rooted my, uh, my Droid X and I could get rid of all the other cruft except for that goddamn Blockbuster app. So it just sat there unused the entire time, pissing me off. And like this, yeah. that was what, I mean, Blockbuster was in its last year of salt. Yeah. So like that you're, was you're, their you're, last marketing money went to like yeah and it didn't it on all these Motorola users. So a year later, the company didn't even exist, and their their bastard app Fucking was still apps. sitting yeah. on my phone. I'm like I, nah. but let's be honest, like if you really want to get rid of that stuff on, I mean at least on Samsung, I don't I can't speak for HTC or any of those kinds of things. You can root your phone and basically 
you know, you can take extreme measures to get rid of some of that stuff, but that's not it. You shouldn't have to. I get that part. Exactly. You know, it's kind of silly that, that you should have to, you know, go, you know, YouTube, root my phone and all that stuff well, just to get rid of an app. And I'm pretty sure that any Samsung over the past two years plus, it is basically impossible to root to uh, to to root it and uh, and and put on like um, pure Android. Damn. Um, I I looked into several of those uh, you know rooting with the way <laughs> different ways that you can root something root and several times time. looked and several times um, and I've never owned a Samsung device but I did see several warnings that were like this isn't going to work on these Samsung devices and basically they've just been doing such a good job on security that they don't allow it anymore. Mm. Um, so I, I I struggled to find a metaphor like to say open source is a, an open door, you know, it's an unlocked door or something. And I was like, no, open source is just open. Like yeah. if, if you if, – and that's what just drives me so crazy is that these device manufacturers are not clever enough to build their own operating system that's going to work as well as Android. So they just take it, pollute it, call it Android, and yeah. don't allow their users to strip it down to like – you know, pure Android, which is that to me is just so frustrating. And I wish more people knew about it. And that's why I think Android sucks is that Google, I totally get their philosophy on this, but they just do not speak out or even, you know, <laughs> impress upon people what a pure Android experience can be. Um, and in, in my mind, because I, so I went, when my, well, they're gonna have to. I mean, they're gonna. They, they they've kind of started though, right? Like the last year, like go Google, and you know, go Google, Google, comma, or yeah, uh, talks. You know, uh, unified Android or consistent Android. Yeah. And you're gonna see a bunch of stories where they're like, oh shit, because it does affect them at the end of the day. If you as a, a phone user have a shitty experience on an Android device that is the fault Exa of the manufacturer that like is exactly what i wanted to say perfect that's yes. their fault um you know at the end of the because that you you don't know any differently you don't know that you know samsung made some deal with google and then you know tweaked it to their liking all you know is google makes android this is google's fault this is what all androids are like right yeah. like it's not because you think i mean you hear all i mean the common user just hears ios and android they don't hear right they don't hear, oh, Android this, you know, and then there's this version on this phone, but this version on this. So I think, you know, and what's really funny, you compared them to, you compared the Android situation to Microsoft earlier. And I think it's hilarious because Microsoft has learned this lesson finally. It took them 20 years, but they finally learned this lesson. The whole point of the Windows 10 free upgrade for everybody thing was to get everybody on the same goddamn version of Windows and off things like Windows XP, which many ATM machines are probably still running as we speak, which is frightening. Yeah. Um, you know, there's all these, like Microsoft got into this terrible position where all the manufacturers, all the IT professionals basically had a version of Windows that they just stayed with. And so Windows could not advance like OS could, you know, whenever right. uh, Apple puts out OS, you know, OS 15 right, right, Leopard right. or whatever, you know, whatever. It is. Um, so finally, finally, Microsoft's like, okay, we're going to, we're going to do this big event where everybody we can get to upgrade is going to upgrade. And then from that point on, we're locking you into one version of windows and there's not, and from what I understand and correct me if, if you've heard otherwise, I don't think they're going to be doing windows 11 or 12. I think it's just going to be windows from now on. <laughs> and it's just going to be updates are going to come out and they force you to accept the updates, whether you want it or not, which, you know, you can argue that's good or bad, but I think it at least keeps everything consistent. And then they, you know, they made the other wonderful decision to say, okay, fine. Office can be available on every device. 
you know, in, 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 in every format you want. They kind of play the Adobe thing. Like we all, we're all about subscriptions. Like Microsoft in the last three years has really turned around as a brand. Like they've really sort of, I mean, I'm not saying they're perfect and they don't have a long way to go, but they, it seems like they finally are starting to get it. Like once Balmer left, it's like, oh, okay, this is how you run a company in 2013, 14, 15, 16. Like this is how it happens. So, you know, it's just, it's funny. It's, I wonder how long it's going to take for Android slash Google to figure that out too. Well, and see, I think that's part of, because Google's bread and butter is not on their operating systems, uh, their operating systems and their devices and stuff are really just a, a means to an end of search and ad revenue. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so in one sense, like you get it, like, it's like, Hey, they, maybe they don't care if, if OEMs, um, put shit into Android because every device sold on Android still helps their bottom line. Yeah. Um, but I, I, what you said in there, which is, I hate that someone would buy an Android device. Um, for example, this is a really stupid thing. There's a, there's an app called swipe S W Y P E. And it introduced, as far as I know, it was at least a very early example of a keyboard that you can just run your finger across, like you're just sort of spelling words with one finger, you know, connecting letter to letter, um, not not typing with thumbs, but, you know, holding one finger down. And it would kind of guess at what word you were spelling, and it would move a lot faster. Um, well, because open source is a conversation in that sense, uh, Google incorporated this feature into a release of Android, and Google's... Uh, or Android's built-in like swiping keyboard is now far superior to the app Swipe. Wow. But several OEMs, like original equipment manufacturers, will take Android. They have a deal with Swipe where Swipe pays them a little bit of money to put Swipe on every device. So then they'll lock that on there. So uh, you have two choices, the Google keyboard that you type with your thumbs or the shitty Swipe experience that you're now locked into. And you cannot uninstall swipe uh, and get back to the default Google experience. So people like, you know, uh, your older relatives who have an Android device are like, I hate this stupid swipe keyboard and I hate typing with my thumbs. And they, so they're just like, uh, this is a random example, but they might go, man, Android sucks. Their keyboard yeah. is terrible. Yeah. But the thing is the actual Android keyboard is amazing. It's just that it gets fucked up like that. And it's the same with like music experiences and, um, you know, uh, email experiences. And it used to be browsing experiences because it used to be the, the OEMs wouldn't even put Chrome on there, um, which is probably one of the reasons that Google realized like we've got to make Chrome because we've got to yeah. have, we've got to stop people from putting shitty browsers to use our experiences with, you know? Um, I, like yeah, which, said, I like what you said just now, though. Uh, open source is a conversation. Yeah. Like, that's a cool – I've never – it's so obvious, but I've never heard that articulated that way before. I really, really like that. Well, it's like uh, I was I was uh, listing my grievances with, with you know, the uh, fake – whatever we're going to call the, the non-pure non Android. And uh, a friend said something like, oh, well, that thing that you like in Android, that came from Samsung. And that this other thing you like came from whatever. And I'm like, yeah, that's – I mean, that's the least they could do. He was trying to say it like – Google ripped off the, you know, the swipe feature or whatever. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, you know, I mean, swipe used Google's open source yeah, yeah. <laughs> operating system to build their app on. I, I don't, you know, I don't really, I, I get that there's profits involved and stuff and it gets icky, but 
you know, yeah, I think Android sees how people are using it and they roll out a release with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that happens is that you might buy a device, you know, right now that's still Android KitKat or something like 4.4 4. 4 or whatever, and it will never update because yeah. the OEM has basically locked it down, and because of the modifications they've done to Android, they can't update it. Update it. So not only are you losing out on like functionality and stuff, yeah. your device is getting less secure. And every I think that's day. I think that's the big reason why Google is basically putting a kibosh on that. Like if yeah. you're gonna re- if you're gonna license Android moving forward, you that can't happen ever again. Right. It's, it is that is it's becoming huge. It, to me, that is just. That is the Microsoft problem that you described, which is these people tweak their system. You mentioned Windows XP, which is true, because my dad, I think, only stopped using that last year, and he can do <laughs> he can do nothing but bitch about like Windows 8 that he's on. And I'm like, oh my god, dad, you're already two versions behind now. <laughs> you know, like Jesus Christ. And and he'll always ask me like, well, what do you think I should do? And I'm like, always update to the latest operating system, yeah. no matter what. Yeah, and 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 but that Windows mentality of no, I like this one. Like uh, that just doesn't work on mobile devices. No, you know? no. The way we communicate like SMS apps are going to work differently. Like you've got yep. different emojis, and, and you know, email's going to work differently. I mean, it's like. Well, how... let's just be honest. Everybody, you know, the 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 ability for hackers to target the phones. The, today is much more appealing than it ever was on a desktop computer because the, there's way more phones than there ever was desktop computers, and more people put all their shit on their phones than their desktop computers. Like, well, it is, it is our computer now, you know. Yeah, this is but it's, it's not even more. It goes one step further. It is like a personal assistant that doesn't talk to you yet. Well, um, and don't tell me that Siri somehow is magically a. a, a, a well. No, but you raise a great question, which is I doubt that that. Uh, at non pure Android users know how good OK Google is. Oh um, man! Which, which of course OK Google just started listening to me. Um, <laughs> I'm going to suggest. Uh, I'm glad you said this because I'm going to suggest everybody out there who's a, a diehard Apple fan or has an iPhone or has ever cursed Siri, go find a friend with an Android phone or yeah. go into a Verizon store and pick up an Android phone and just simply press the press the button and and do the OK. Press the button. Thing. You just talk, talk to it. Man. Well, I know I've got mine set, so I have to actually press the button though to. Oh, gotcha. But like, get interact with Google Voice and just talk into it and talk like you normally would. You're gonna find pretty quick. You don't have to enunciate anything. Like you could, you can sit there and talk to, to Siri like you are somebody from a Jane Austen novel, and she still won't understand what you're saying. You can mumble into uh, Google. Oh my God. Google Voice, and it's like, and not only does it understand you, it has the exact <laughs> answer, like ready for ready to go before you're even done talking. It's like Jesus. I mean, that I, is amazing. <laughs> I, when, I think I told you this offline one time. One of the f- funniest experiences I had with that, the funniest experience was uh, I demonstrated to some friends of my parents, so some some older older folks. Uh, you know, uh, they 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 had some simple question like the, they didn't know who had made it to the final four, mm-hmm. and you know, so I just asked Google, yeah, and. You know, Google speaks to me and gives me the the correct answer, and and uh, the guy was like, "Oh, can I do that on my phone?" And he presses it, and he had he kept asking Siri, and Siri kept giving him <laughs> the most hilarious, <laughs> hilariously incorrect answers. And uh, have you ever seen the the there was this parody video that I laughed at so much where this Scottish guy asks Siri like where he can get a sandwich? It's on oh, it's on YouTube. No. I'll put it in the show notes. 
it is so funny because in his thick Scottish accent, he's like, I just went a wee jammy with the sandwich. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have seen that. You know, yeah, Siri yeah, yeah. keeps giving him like the wrong answer. That was what was going on with like a very plain voiced American man in my parents' house. Uh. Like he is totally clearly asking Siri what he wants and getting worse and worse answers. Like he's getting farther and farther away from sports. You know, he's just going final four. Like it's like a copy of a copy machine. You know, you, if you make yes, a copy in a copy machine, you exactly. just keep doing it. it keeps degrading. Meanwhile, my funniest Google voice scenario, I was I was admittedly ahead in edible uh, a couple of months ago. <laughs> And was enjoying a nice Already evening. like how this starts. Yeah, I was enjoying a nice evening in, and uh, you know, it started kicking in, and I was, I, I'm like, I'm gonna watch me some American Horror Story, uh, and just you know, catch up on, uh, catch up on a season of that. And I'm one of those people who, even when I'm not imbibing or imbibing like any sort of you know uh, stimulant, I will constantly watch a show or TV and be like, who is that? What were they in? Right. What else were they in? Oh. This particular yeah. night though, I was like everything that appeared on screen and I was too relaxed or out of it to just to even care. So I, I literally like reach I lazily reached for my phone. I didn't even have it close to my face. And no kidding, I literally go Google, who's the blonde chick in American Horror Story? Like, <laughs> I literally say that. I just kind of half mumbled it, and it it, it goes beep, beep. it goes Madison Montgomery played era. It was played by Madison Roberts, and I'm like, or no, sorry, it was played by Emma Roberts, and I'm like, yeah, her. What else is she in? And I, I literally, that's all I said. I was just like, what else is she in? And like, it literally finds like the other show that she's known for. I'm like, that's great. Who else is in that show with her? There's like a tall guy with like glasses or something. And like literally, it's like just dropping every yeah. answer, like with perfect clarity. Yeah. Like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh uh, my yeah. God. Siri is a uh, call and response toy. And okay, <laughs> Google is an artificial intelligence. Yeah. That the, mean, only the only difference is Google can't, it doesn't talk back to you yet. I'm waiting for the day. No, Google, it does. Does it? Mine no, does, no, you're yes. right. No, no, it does. It does, but not on everything. That's just on stuff that it sort of has a Wikipedia entry for or like something kind of stored in its right. initial things. But like if you get really intricate with Google, like it'll give you the answer, but it won't say it to you. Right. Um, but that night that I was like doing the – like it was – you're right. It was literally talking back to me. It was like – Yeah, because if it – yeah, you're right. If it finds like the Wikipedia answer that is the most agreed upon answer – yeah, it will just re it will just straight read that back to you, and, it, it, yeah. And, and and yeah, it's like conversing with a an artificial intelligence. If you say to it, uh, send a text, um, like you could you could say something like, uh, I could say uh, send a text to Taylor. I'm going to be ten minutes late, and it will mm -hmm. take that as one command. But if I say yeah. send a text, it will say, who do you want to send that text to? to? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Taylor. Uh, which which number do you want to use? Mobile. What do you want the text to say? And then it'll read it back to you and say, is yeah. this correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to send this? Um, which is just, uh, you know, amazing. Um, and you say that to Siri, and you're like, send a text. It goes, text sent, too. And it, like, literally yeah. <laughs> what? To something to somebody you don't even know anymore. It will send a text. It'll be like, meet me at the meet me at car wash at Christmas. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? So, yeah, I mean, to, to round all this up, I when I left Apple – the iPhone ecosystem, which I'd never even embraced. Like I bought my first iPhone used because someone was upgrading to the two um, and I wasn't oh, wow. due for an upgrade yet. And so I got it within the year of the first iPhone, you know, but, um, uh, uh, but it's still a late ad uh, adopter to it. And I I'd never used iTunes. I hated iTunes and I hated that 
I, because I had a Mac at work and I had a Windows at, and um, <laughs> and Ubuntu at home. So I, I, there was some goofy limitation, like how many times I could sign into iTunes. Like I could only, you could only have it on two different computers. So if I was using a third computer, I couldn't even sign into iTunes or some nonsense like that. And I never keep the phone updated. It was such a pain in my ass. Then I tried to upgrade and AT&T had the dumbest upgrade options ever. No two people could give me the same deal on upgrading to the iPhone 2. And uh, right at that was the same time that Google created the first Nexus. They had they had created a, a previous Android device and probably several, at least one called the G1, I think. And then the Nexus One was available in 2010, and I ordered it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a fantastic phone. It was totally unlocked. So I had run out my my contract at AT&T. I walked over to T-Mobile. Um, I didn't have to sign a contract because I had an unlocked device, so I wasn't buying the phone. So I've been unlocked for almost seven years and wow. uh, used that Nexus until it just burned it. So the Nexus is the line that where Google doesn't actually manufacture the phone, but they spec it out. And they say, this is our pure operating system, and these are the specs we want this phone to have. And then they, they find a manufacturer to make it. And so the, I had the Nexus one. It died unexpectedly, and I – was like out of town. So I had to go into a T-Mobile shop and say, I need a new, <laughs> a new phone. I want the purest thing you got. And they gave me this brand new HTC One, the very first one that ever come out, uh, which was loaded with T-Mobile apps that I couldn't uninstall and this total <laughs> garbage UI. Yep. And at the time, you know, Android was primitive. So the UI of that HTC looked kind of fancy. You know, yep. I mean, it looked like it looked better. And I thought, well, it looks better, but I could tell already like it doesn't operate as purely yeah, as it's supposed yeah. to. And I have something on here called browser, not, you know, Chrome. <laughs> HTC um, phones are really good at that. I mean, the Vive is a whole different thing, but the phones are always – uh, every time I go to get a new phone, I always I always sidle up to that HTC, you know, whatever the newest device is, and I, I, I get really close, and I'm like – no, yeah. no. It's just like the 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 hardware is perfect. Then they fuck with the OS just enough to where you're like, no, no. So okay. the yeah, so that that the T-Mobile apps on that, which were like this my account app and stuff. Ugh. There was some goofy problem I had with those, and I couldn't uninstall them. Of course, I couldn't uninstall Facebook. I couldn't uninstall all this other garbage, and um, couldn't even disable them. So they kept popping up and like demanding updates and stuff. And when the phone eventually died, I told, I just blamed those apps. I was like, that's ridiculous. Those things were running in the background all the time. I couldn't kill it. <laughs> like filled up all my space. I couldn't update the phone properly. Um, and I swore I'm never going, I'm never not having a Nexus. And I got the Nexus five that year. And this year made the leap to project Fi. Um, so I've just done this. So I have a Nexus 5X, which has already updated to Nougat Android Remind 7. me, what oh, wait, remind me and the kids at home, what is Project Fi? So Project Fi, uh, actually the kids at home might not even know about it, is Google's cellular service. Oh, now that's what, right. What they are doing is is buying bandwidth from Sprint and T-Mobile and possibly Verizon. And this is not um, the same thing as Google <clears throat> Fiber. Separate, Fiber, separate right. Thing. So Project Fi, which you can find at google.com slash fi, um, is uh, – and, and they, it was in uh, – last year was invite only, and I had an invite, and I just, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. And then what, they, what they're doing this year is you can get the, Google, the Nexus 5X for 200 bucks wow. on, on Project Fi. So I just wow. did that. Um, so 
what it does is it just figures out what tower you're closest to that they you know rent bandwidth from and gives you puts you on that network so sometimes i'm on uh sprint sometimes i'm on t-mobile i don't know um it really encourages you to use wi-fi because the billing is in advance it's 20 bucks for the phone service and then 10 bucks per gig of data that you use that's pretty good though i mean so, Jesus, like if you use so it's gigs, totally flexible yeah yeah F- three gigs is 50 bucks i think my i think i probably on like a, a, an average to heavy month was probably four gigs for wow. me um, that's still 60 that's still about what i'm paying now for like two gigs and some change on verizon yeah now my my biggest problem is that i have a fantastic deal on t-mobile because i'm grandfathered in i'm like totally unlimited all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so uh and uh project Fi works with your google voice number i believe you can transfer a carrier number to it but i didn't do that because i had a google voice number so mm-hmm. i just went ahead and made that my project Fi. so at this current moment i'm dealing with like you know carrying two phones from time to time or at least making sure I'm always checking, you know, the other voicemail and stuff. But it's so much stuff is integrated, like just perfectly. Like Hangouts uh, on Android had at one point become this sort of catch-all mm-hmm. uh, chat plus SMS app, and then they had to break it out, which I think was probably related to Project Fi, but I've never confirmed that. Um, so on Project Fi, it's all integrated again. I can mm-hmm. carry one phone. And chats that I've been having with somebody through the Project Fi phone still show up in Hangouts because it's just pushing all SMS through Hangouts now. Hmm. Um, now, that, so the av- that's one of those things the average Android user just cannot ever duplicate. I think at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's already upgraded to NuGet, so I'm on the latest and greatest operating system. NuGet, I love it. Yeah, 7.0. Crunching uh, a beetle. And uh, you know, I have nothing. Um, uh, it, there's no, there's nothing significant I could tell you that like you know that like uh, uh, that's a bummer about it yet. Like I, the phone is awesome. Um, it uh, looks the, cool. I mean, it looks the service like is pretty good. Powerhouse of a phone. And I can say so. My my dad uh, got a, a Motorola uh, G4, Moto G4, um, which is a really really close to pure version of Android. Um, so I didn't play around with it enough to see what apps he cannot un- uninstall. Mm-hmm. But I played around with it enough to show him that the Google apps that he uses work exactly the same as they work on a Nexus device. Okay. So that's sort of my, that would have been my second tier. Cause those are just 200 bucks. Yeah. So, and you can get like the, you know, I don't know, like 32 gigs or something on that for 225 or something. And, um, I mean, and then there's a, pretty, this looks pretty, if I didn't have to go to South Dakota regularly where, basically Verizon owns the state. Right. I would exactly. I would totally jump on this because this I mean God, this looks so compelling. I can't wait for this to be bigger, like to be rolled out more. I don't know if it could be though, because they they would basically have to do deals with Verizon and you know Verizon doesn't want these guys. I think Verizon's worst nightmare is Google controlling the entire supply chain start to finish. You know and see phone. that's the thing is so I and I could be totally naive here. Um like uh, another knowledgeable friend in the industry said, uh, I can't remember exactly what his complaint was with Fi, but he thinks it's kind of a throwaway project. Like he doesn't oh. think it's serious. He didn't compare it to Waves, but when you mentioned that to me the other night, I was like, oh shit, did I just switch my phone to the Google no, Wave? No, 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 Google Wave. But, okay, let's let's remind ourselves what Google Wave was. It was 
a Frankenstein of a product that bizarrely would probably work better today. It would totally work in a mobile universe. Ten years it, ago, whenever it came back, you know, it was it was it was way too ahead of its time. Yeah, and it was it was really. It, it was basically it, Hangouts. It was basically threaded conversations that were somewhere between a chat and an email, you know? Just like uh, Slack, hmm. just like Quip, just like a lot of these. Oh, yeah, um, Slack and Quip. That's what we talked about the other night. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so there's – but that being said, I think Google – I don't think they knew how to market it. They certainly didn't know how to explain it to just anybody. You know, it was, it was like yeah. – it was almost like if you watch Silicon Valley, it reminded me a lot of Pied Piper. In that they had to go and like literally have like little seminars to explain how to use it, and then you know while they did that, a lot of people were like, "Why can't you just be? Why can't it just be chat? Or why can't it just be this?" And I think Hangouts arose out of sort of the aftermath of that. Well, that I mean, wrong. I think that that is, I think, um, I think you're right. Um, we can remind ourselves that Gmail remained in beta for almost ten years or something. <laughs> That's true. Um, we and. At Google, you know, and this maybe this is a good place to wrap this up, uh, yeah. which is, um, well, I, I, I'll, I'll skip back one second, which was, uh, so my friend who's pretty knowledgeable when he was kind of Force, uh, yeah, dis dismissive out. about Project Fi, um, he, uh, I, what I told him was when, when Google was making Chrome, I read this really great analysis of it uh, by this web developer who said, Google's not making Chrome um, necessarily to compete with IE8 or 9 or whatever was coming out then. Um, he, he said they're not really afraid that like Microsoft is going to make a bad browser. They're afraid that Microsoft is going to make a bad browser and everyone's going to use it and it's going to impact the web. Yeah. You yeah. know, because JavaScript, like they're not going to make a, a browser that that is up to JavaScript standards. They're still not going to adopt, you know, just uh, HTML standards, et cetera, et cetera. There are tons of problems with Microsoft browsers. So they made Chrome as kind of like, uh, you know, like a, a, a <laughs> like a dike, you know, like they're holding back the floodwaters. <laughs> like yeah. uh, it's a levy against, you know, the uh, the rising flood of Microsoft shit. Um, well, I like that. Well, it's funny too because Chrome came out around the same time Steve Jobs went on his jihad against Flash. And you know, it was a little after that, but it was, but it was definitely like the era of that. Yeah. Yes. And then basically, I mean, I mean, Steve Jobs single-handedly killed Flash. Let's be honest. Like Flash video was still alive and well as a thing. I'm not even talking about Flash animation or Flash websites, which were sins upon themselves. Yeah. I'm talking about Flash video as a codec was still a thing in 2007 and eight. And now it's like you can't put a video up. It's not H.264. Like he, yeah. you know, he pushed. That, and granted, that well, was sort of a vendetta. And the reason, and, and so we should fill in like how that happened was uh, uh, Jobs said he would never put Flash on an iOS device. Yes, exactly. And, uh, and in fact, I guess it ramped that up to where it went on no no more Apple devices. Is that correct? Um, but maybe. it was definitely the iPhone and the iPad. He said we're never going to put Flash on it. There will exactly. never be a Flash port to this. And so, that, yeah. that basically, I mean, all of a sudden, as soon as you as soon as you say that, as soon as you put up that dam or that dike, if you will, yeah. it it you know uh, developers, people like everybody goes, well, what's the point if th that half the audience isn't going to even see it? You know, so. To me, and this is the re so b building on that point. To me, and the the reason I jumped to Google uh, Project Fi was I just sort of got a glimpse at the mobile industry and and how they're releasing shit devices on shit networks. And so to me, Google Fi, the Project Fi, 
is that same thing. It is a levy against mm-hmm. like Google's not expecting it to grow worldwide and take over everything, even though they didn't expect that with Chrome and that's what happened. But but Project Phi to me is an example of what could be. Like you could have a sensible data and cellular network plan yeah. and a screamingly fast, perfectly updated device. And because Google realized none of the carriers we work with are going to do that. Yeah. And, you know, none of the device manufacturers, like they're in bed together, the carriers and device manufacturers. So the device manufacturers are making this shitware because the carriers demand it. You know, put our T-Mobile app on there, put this, you know, we have this deal with the shitty music app. And so put that on there, <laughs> disable Google Play or whatever. And so, oh, I mean, that's Jesus. how you end up with stuff like Deezer or whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> so Google went, we have to stop that and show people what the future can look like. And that's what Project Fi is. And I just had like one of those frightening glimpses into that and went, yep, that made my mind up. I'm doing the, the $200 uh, nice. 5X and I'm putting it on Project Fi. And that's where we are. We can follow up in six months and see if I'm still on it. Yeah, I'd love but, to. No, that's a, no, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go to a couple places where I've had bad T-Mobile signal and see if the Project Fi like tower hopping works for me. That so, I, would, I would love – we should definitely do that because I – if in six months you're still having a great experience, if not a better one, I may make the jump even though – I need just, just, I mean, but, I, I kind of want to support this. Just, yeah, that's a big thing is that I, I want to be an advocate for uh, te- the way technology should work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what? And this, and this, this will tie it up. I, I think that diagnostic is probably a better way to go, right? It gives you, you, you look at the strengths and assess the opportunity for your need at that time. I think everybody who is a dyed in the wool, Apple fan or died in the wool Apple hater like needs to get off that freaking bale of hay and come join the rest of the world and be and, and and support and put their money behind good initiatives. I think it's one thing to ask for policy changes at the national or state level. Um, it's quite another to to as a customer say, I you know it may be less convenient, but I love the direction of this. I want I want to see more of this and put your money behind that. Um, and here's the best part, you know, in a year, if you, if it just doesn't work, there'll be another phone for just to, you know, for another small part, you can change at any time. You're not going to be stuck with that phone for, you know, 10 years, like a house mortgage. Like you can, you can it's, change. I, I don't want to, we should definitely, I, I don't even want to put the whole foot in these waters, but I will dip the toe in this to relate it to <laughs> what is going on politically in our country, which is like, if you, <laughs> if you vote for shit, you're gonna get shit. You're gonna get and shit. Like, unless enough people object to that and vote for the good thing with their dollars, like unless enough people go, you know what? I do want pure Android on a pure, uh, pure like network. There, it's nothing's ever gonna change. Like you can't yeah. keep going to T-Mobile or or AT and T. T-Mobile, I think is is pretty decent. I'm kind of I kind of like those guys. But but AT and T especially, you can't keep going to them and going, you know, stop, <laughs> stop doing all this nasty shit you do. Like they're getting your money. Like they don't care. They're never gonna yeah. change until you put your money somewhere else. You gotta yeah. vote with those dollars. So um, exactly. yeah, and and at least in my limited experience at this point. It's a better device on, you know, on as good a network. So um, that to me is like, I mean, I didn't have to compromise anything, I guess is what I'm saying, you know? Well, this podcast has been sponsored by Google Fi. For everybody. Yeah, please, Google. We would love to take your advertising dollars. Uh, Google Fi in communities everywhere starting now today. You can, the world is yours. I need, I need like a pithier, a pithier uh, catchphrase. Google Fi. 
Spy, what's the what was the oh yeah it's spinal tap where he's like and so say all of us tap into america that's what google <laughs> fly needs it needs it's like and so say all of us fly yeah. me a river uh no oh fly, my god <laughs> what's this is gonna be great the, we can just it's just all puns <laughs> fly me to the moon uh uh, hi hi fi <laughs> Up, up, and away. Yeah, yeah. And and, it, and it, what's funny is progressively as we keep doing it, we're going to have like a 1930s accent and just be like, and fight, uh, yeah, fight. Uh, yeah, we'll I get the even... old uh, radio classics music underneath us. Uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's a good can... art form. We need to bring that back. Where can people find you on the internets? They can find me. I'm on Twitter at Taylor Trask. Um, I'm actually updating in the as we speak right this minute. I'm updating my personal website. So if you're listening to this after August of 2016, you can find me also on taylortrask.com. What cool. about you, sir? Uh, I am at Hey Todd A on Twitter. Um, and my personal website still exists at heytoday.com, but um, it uh, nothing happens there anymore. But we'll we'll soon, hopefully. We got we have so much exciting stuff to talk about it's that we can't talk crazy. about yet, and, only because it's not ready yet. But it will be yeah. soon, and there will be more stuff. You will be so tired of us talking about stuff because all yeah. this new stuff is coming, and it's going to be so. I'm I'm actually very excited. It's going to be really fun. It'll be a fun next year, starting yeah. in about two or three weeks. I won't. I, I'm not. I'm not gonna give anything away. But I do. I think we've had several podcasts in this season um, where we have we've tried a couple of different things and broken away from uh, the subject matter on which we have normally mm-hmm. spoken. And I think there's just more of that to come in a in a much more exciting yeah. way. Like it's gonna. Yeah, it's it's good. So anyway, until then, you can find us at toddandtaylor.com. Um, a another website that is just a flat one page <laughs> with all of our. Uh, uh, podcast on it, but definitely uh, follow us on Twitter. Talk to us there, and go. I, you know, hear other podcast hosts doing this. If you listen to us on iTunes or um, Stitcher or Podbay or um, Podbean or uh, SoundCloud or anything, uh, Google Play also. We're on all those places. Leave us reviews. That would be yeah, very cool of you to absolutely. leave us reviews and rate us. Um, and leave comments on uh, SoundCloud, especially. We are actually in and out of SoundCloud all the time during the week yeah. and uh i would i would strongly encourage you to leave comments and they don't have to be good comments i mean that'd be nice too but you could be like you, you, what's wrong with you guys like whatever you want like create i, I want to have a little conversation about whatever you're thinking so, yeah I, I think the way they do the comments on there where you can leave them like at different points in the in the uh episode is a cool way to continue the conversation um, like taylor sounds like a whiny bitch right here that say that that's fine i'll, I'll gladly <laughs> i'll gladly take that into consideration i we should just make up our own comments uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what there's there may be uh maybe everybody is a little bit too shy we should that i would i would that's an actually really good idea that and i'm gonna make a t-shirt that says open source is a conversation because that's a goddamn great quote that <laughs> i think you may have originated i'm not i've been googling since you said it and i can't oh, really? find it can't find okay. it anywhere well, I should plug my book, Good Simple Open, which is yes. goodsimpleopen.com, where I rant a lot about how if things were open and simple, they would be good by default. Uh, because when people try to make things that are good and they ignore those two things, I don't think they get there. I think they make complex messes that might, you know, you're, aim- you're trying to justify the, the, the means with the end, and that's 
it's not always a good way to do it. But anyway. Well, on those wide, wise words, I think we'll, we'll see you guys next week. And once again, we have not had the conversation before the episode started on how to end the episode. So the oh. episode officially ends right now. 